It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. We are here at episode number 66. Week 4 is just about in the books. We've got Monday Night Football happening here. Um, I am your host, Kyle Faulkner, and I'm joined right now by a very special guest host, a uh, often contributor, sometimes panelist. Please welcome the champ himself, Mr. Tyler Walzak. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here, happy to fill in for Jeff and uh, the last minute thing, and I'm excited to talk fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely, man. It should be a good show. I'm excited. Um, we're hopeful that our, our normal co-host, Jeff Faulkner, will be able to join us at some point uh, tonight. He has a family situation that he's dealing with, so all our all our best to him and his family. But, uh, you know, the people need what they need, and, and we've got to deliver. So uh, we're here for you, Falcomaniacs. We're here to help you go get those fantasy Falcon championships. Um, but if you're new to the show, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. If you're a returning Falcomaniac, welcome back. Hopefully week four was good to you and you're not waiting on a Monday night miracle. Uh, just a reminder, listeners, we are twice a week in season. We are releasing Tuesday and Friday. We've got everything you need, all the waiver wire pickups, injury reports, results from the game, previews, starts and sits, a sitting start with our own Tyler Walzak here. Uh, everything that you need, we've got it, so make sure you're tuning in twice a week to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right, well, normally my uh, partner in crime gets it started off with the jersey swap, but uh, since he's not here, I'm going to hit it if you don't mind. And for me, there's only one number 66, uh, and that is Super Mario. Mario Lemieux, you know, possibly almost the equal of the great one himself. We'll never really know because of, uh, because of injuries and illness, but uh, pretty spectacular stuff that he was doing on the ice um, with the Penguins. Pretty amazing. What about you, Tyler? Though, do you have another? Do you have another potential sixty-six for us? Well, I got one. Just a quick Google search here, uh, and it's believe it or not, your own uh, Gordon Bombay from the Mighty Ducks. Ooh, the Minnesota Miracle Man. That'd be a pretty good one. Was that <laughs> was that his Mighty Ducks that jersey? Would, that or would be a good one, actually. Did he wear that? Do you remember in Mighty Ducks two when he I, played like semi-pro hockey? Did he wear that jersey number I as well? Think do there you was know? like a. I think there was some a scene at some point where he throws on uh, like a jersey just in like solitude or something, and I think it's sixty six because I don't I don't actually remember him wearing a jersey at all. Oh, okay, it um, could have been. It might yeah. have just been at like a dinner they had or something. Yeah, it could have been, or he went for a, he went for a solo skate when he was kind of losing faith in the team, and his uh, his skate sharpening mentor gave him a pair of skates and he took him out to the pond. So maybe that was it. But uh, yeah, Minnesota yeah. Miracle Man or the you know the Mister Penguin himself, uh, both good options. Anyways, you know, I, oh sorry, I, I, I kind of hoping that this website isn't playing a prank on me and they've just made the, made up their own Mighty Ducks jersey <laughs> with Gordon Bombay and they put gave him number sixty six because I can't find it anywhere else. But I'm you know what I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna pretend that there's a scene in there uh, until I guess I'm gonna have to watch the movies and figure this out. Absolutely. And Falcomaniacs, if you know that that's a mistake, let us hear it. Send in all your hate mail because for once it won't be directed at Jeff and I. 
Um, but I was going to say we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of football to talk to. Week four was a big one. We've got some injuries to talk about, some studs and duds. But uh, before we get to that, we need to start things off with the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. So I've got a little quiz for you here, Tyler, and uh, there's no wrong answers. I want I want the input of the uh, the current champion of the Sorry for Partying League, um, you know, and a good one of the best fantasy football minds that I know. So I've got Thank four you. I've got four players here, <laughs> uh, and I want to know: Are they benchworthy? Or are they a bargain? They haven't really been okay. performing the way that managers want them to, but uh, where where do you stand? Do they need to sit on your bench, or should you be going and trying to get these players? So the okay. first one is quarterback Ryan Tannehill. You know, we've talked about this guy a lot on the show lately. Um, lots of stats over the last couple of years. The only person outperforming him was Patrick Mahomes and, you know, added Julio Jones. But so far this year, he's only had one big game. His fantasy points are 10 points, 12 points, 27 in week three. And then this past weekend without his uh, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones connection, he's only had 14 fantasy points. So where do you stand on Tannehill? Is he benchworthy or is he a bargain? You know what? That's actually a, that's a really good one. I think he's a bargain. Um, the first two weeks could have been a fluke. It could be anything. It's, it's tough in, in this day and age NFL because they don't really get a preseason anymore. Um, the stars don't play in preseason, so the first three weeks of a season, you really, you don't know what you have. Um, I think the 27 stands out more than the 10 and the 12 from the first two weeks, and I think week 14, he's got no wide receivers. Both his studs are out, um, and what was a disastrous game against the Jets. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, so I think I think if you could get Tannehill low, and you could, or if you're the owner of Tannehill, I, I wouldn't give up on him. Maybe pick somebody else up just in case this trend continues. But I would I think that he's a bargain right now. Yeah, so I've got him in my one of my two quarterback leagues, and uh, you know I rolled with him the first three weeks, and obviously was disappointed week one and two, and I pivoted away this past week, but that was because the two receivers were out. I think I think this offense was kind of figuring itself out, and like you said, you know it takes a couple weeks maybe to get things going, but if he's got if he's got Brown and Jones back and healthy, you know free of that hamstring injury. Uh, I think the upside is just too good, and he's shown himself to, uh, you know, to be able to play ball when he needs to. The other thing is he's starting to pass more to Derrick Henry this year. Derrick Henry is on pace for a career year in receptions. I'm sure you noticed that last week when we played in, uh, in Sorry for Partying. I think he had six or seven receptions. But uh, that, you know, benefits Tannehill. If he, if he throws the ball off to King Henry and he rushes for a touchdown, that's, that's a passing touchdown for the quarterback. So that's something to keep in mind too. All right, this next guy, oh, this is a sore spot between you and me because uh, one of our – one <laughs> of our you're bringing him up. Well, you know, I have to because I, I'm staying clear. I, I was too sour in the mouth after last year, but Miles Sanders – there are a lot of fantasy managers out there who, you know, believe in Sanders and the talent. They they weren't scared off by last year, but so far, 15 points, 6 points, 7 points, and 6 this past week, but it's the attempts that really, really raised my eyebrow. 15 attempts in week 1, 13 in week 2, 2 attempts in week 3. That was just a garbage game on uh, Monday night for the Eagles, and 7 this past week. Where what should people do with Miles Sanders? Is he benchworthy or a bargain? I think you get rid of him. I don't. I don't think you want him on your roster. 
Uh, the two, like I, I would say that the week three, those two, they only had like three rushing attempts. That yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's kind of a weird number. Like I would completely get week three out of there, but to know that they had to get back to running the ball and that he only got seven is a telling stat. And with the way that Kenneth Gainwell has been running, it's t- tough to trust Miles Sanders at all. Um, I, I wouldn't want him. I don't want him. Um, but I do still appreciate what he did for me last year. <laughs> He's got a special place in your heart, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the exactly. truth, man. Like when when the Eagles drafted Gainwell, it's funny because I, you know, Jeff had talked about Miles Sanders and believing in him a bit, and I think at that time Sanders was on his roster, so that's probably tilted him a little that way. But I kind of teased him about Gainwell when they took him, and you know the other guys they're bringing in, Carry on Johnson and Jordan Howard and blah blah blah, Boston Scott. But the reality is that Gainwell looks fantastic. They're getting him more and more involved. It's only four weeks into the season. He's seeing a ton of targets. He's getting carries in the red zone. Uh, That's just not what you want, and you drafted Sanders to be your go-to guy. Um, And it's hard to trust when he's only touching the ball, you know, single-digit times, and he's he's only broken more than seven points once all season. So, yeah, he's definitely benchworthy for me, and if you can package him into a trade... You know, maybe a two for one. Uh, I'd I'd be willing to cut ties. Yeah. Well, you got to hope that someone in one of your leagues is listening to this and doesn't take your advice seriously at all, and then all of a sudden wants Miles Sanders because you're saying you're not good. <laughs> well, I think I think anybody who's been rolling with my Rambo of the week picks is not uh, not taking my advice too seriously because. <laughs> Basically, that's worked out to don't start them this week, but then the following week is going to be amazing. So Tom Brady's going to have seven touchdowns next week. All right, this next guy, this is people are panic mode everywhere. Allen Robinson, before the season, we talked about him as one of the most underrated players in the league, and I, I don't, it's not his talent that I don't have faith in. It's the Bears. It's the quarterback mess. It's the offensive mess. It's the coaching mess. Allen Robinson so far has yet to break double-digit fantasy points. Six points in week one, nine, three, and then this past week, eight fantasy points. But his targets, oh my goodness, 11 targets in week one. Okay, that's pretty regular. Four targets, six targets, three targets. What is going on with Allen Robinson? Is he benchworthy or should we go and get him? Is he a bargain? That's tough because you can't, like you don't want to bench a talent like Robinson. But I also feel like Robinson has been in the league for 35 years. And it's always just waiting for that next quarterback, that next guy to come that's actually going to start start feeding him like his number one wide receiver. Because he, with his talent, he is a number one wide receiver. But he's getting out-targeted by Darnell Mooney. And the the offense is a, is a joke right now. Um, I, think if, I think if Andy Dalton comes back and, he, and he's the starter, I would, I would like Allen Robinson. If Justin Fields starts, I don't know. Because I feel like Justin Fields will get along better in the locker room with another young guy that he can bond with um, and become more of a connection with. So I think that hurts Allen Robinson. I I would buy low on him. If you could get him for somebody on your bench, like a running back on your bench that's getting eight or nine points a week and you're weak at wide receiver, I'd say pick up Allen Robinson and just hope that he, he blows up. Um, but, yeah, I, you can't you can't trust him. You can't start him next week. 
Yeah, well, that's for sure. I wouldn't feel good at all about putting him in my lineup. Probably this past week, I wouldn't have felt good about putting him in my lineup. But uh, you're right. I think you he's one of those few guys that you may actually be able to buy low on because even at his best, he's underrated. He's underappreciated and undervalued. And now he's frustrating anybody who thought, oh, well, I'll take a shot on Allen Robinson. He's frustrating them to no end. He's killing you in your wide receiver one spot. You, you're right. If you get somebody who's, uh, you know, putting up okay numbers at the running back position, you may be able to, uh, you may be able to swipe him. And uh, we're going to talk about it in the news, but we could see a positive change uh, coming in in Chicago. All right, this last guy. Oh man, I have him. I actually just <laughs> traded him away last week in one of the two leagues that I got him with my rookie pick, but I'm still holding on in the other one. But I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to sit patiently. That's Kyle Pitts, generational talent, one of a kind, all-time Hall of Famer already. So far this year, he he does have one point in double digits, five fantasy points, 10, four, seven. Kind of just sounds like a run-of-the-mill waiver wire guy, though. Uh, his targets you know, have been up and down to eight targets in week one, six in week two, three, and then nine targets this past week. Um yeah, like I said, he sounds like a run-of-the-mill, you know, TD or boot or TD or bust uh, tight end. Except that people spent a fifth or a sixth-round pick to get Pitts on their team. So yeah. if if you're a manager with Pitts, where do you stand? Are you trying to Are you trying to trade him away? Is he somebody that should be sitting on your bench until further notice, or is he somebody that other managers should be trying to go and get? The nine targets is a good sign. Uh, but, I mean, Kyle Pitts, we talked about when we had our hot takes, when we went off air, I talked about how much I dislike Kyle Pitts and the hype surrounding him because there's not a tight end that comes out of university and, and blows up. It's very rare. And with Kyle Pitts, like, yeah, once in a generational talent and he's going to an offense that likes to throw the ball, but the numbers aren't there. Uh, and I, I, what I would do if I had Kyle Pitts is I would, if I was looking to improve something, is I would throw Kyle Pitts in. Like if someone, if you want Travis Kelsey and you want to go out and trade somebody to get Travis Kelsey, give up a running back and then maybe try to entice that owner with Kyle Pitts because the upside's there. And, and, and Kyle, speaking of Kyle's, who, who, who is this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kyle, you said I was your only. You said I was your only and forever. I, I swear, I don't know how I got here. Where am I? I gotta oh. go. I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what a treat! The main man himself, Mister Honky Tonk Jeff Faulkner, in the house. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. You know, um, not to get too Debbie Downer on everything, but uh, just we got some stuff going on with the family, and it kind of puts everything in perspective. And uh, you know, it's you feel pretty silly about getting angry over fantasy football injuries when uh, real life comes at you. So, but I'm glad to be on with you guys. I'm glad Tyler's here. I'm just busting chops. I'm glad to hear his voice. I love having him on and uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy. No, that's all right. That's all right. We were just talking about Kyle Pitts, but now I have uh, it's an opening kickoff thing with bench worthy or bargain. And I got a question for you guys now that you just showed up perfectly for the segue. Ronald Jones Jr. Oh, that's actually a name that almost get made it almost made it on the list here. Um, his, he has his biggest week this week with only eight points, but before it was like negative point four, and then it was two, and I think it was another two. Yeah, he's he's struggled a little bit, and the whole running attack hasn't been great for the Bucks. But uh, he he did show up a little bit this past week, but 
playoff Lenny, he must have thought it was the postseason because he carried the ball like 20 times this week, didn't he? Yeah. And he's so, catching out of the back. It sure too, seemed like it. He was like, important. yeah, number seven was everywhere last night. And it was like, what got me was it was a tight game and they kept Fournette in there. So it shows that he, he's the most trustworthy running back uh, out of the, the room anyways. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping to see more from Rojo last night and I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, and like you said, he's catching the ball. Geo's out right now. I think that uh, even Fournette, I'm not super keen on uh, on starting. Maybe in a flex spot, at, you know, bye weeks are coming up and that. But uh, yeah, Rojo for me, he's he's bench worthy. He's you know wait until we see now, it. I guess. Would you cut him? Uh, for the Is right it- for the right piece, but I don't know if there's anybody out there this week that. Uh, well, because he know. only took thirteen. If you look at the snap count, Leonard Fournette took 63 snaps last night. Ronald Jones only had 13. Leonard Fournette ran 35 Yikes. routes to Ronald Jones's four. And yeah. Was, and Ronald Jones was targeted zero times. Leonard Fournette, five. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's um, not good at all. We, uh, we, we did see last year that these games would kind of go back and forth, but I do... I do definitely feel like this year, you know, neither one of these guys are really someone that I'm really gunning for, but Fournette has just looked better, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's a guy who only a couple of years ago was one of the top running backs in the league when he was with uh, the Jaguars, drink up. So, you know, he's at least shown it. Ronald Jones has always been uh, like, oh, what could he be? What could he be? Well, Fournette's been it, and maybe he just needed a little time to acclimate, so... Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a sad showing for Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think it's a combination of acclimating to the system and the fact that Rojo Rojo seems to put the ball on the ground every 12 touches. It's I don't know, every time I watch him it seems like he's he's fumbling and, you know, TB12's not going to put up with that. Neither is uh, Bruce Arians. Nope. So, yeah, I'm glad we talked. I missed the Miles Sanders chat. I wish I was in on that because <laughs> he's I don't know if there's a player I'm more concerned about than uh, Miles Sanders right now. Well, Kyle and I have a very story. It's, uh, it's been a bad scenario. Sanders. Yeah, I'm well aware of yeah, Kyle's for sure. And I traded him away in the offseason, kind of expecting some turmoil with, with the Eagles. But I, I thought that, you know, when there's rushing attempts, it's going to be him getting them. And now, you know, you know, nine attempts total in the last two weeks is not going to cut it ever. So, yeah, not good. Well, and we talked about that, that I, you know, when they drafted Gainwell, I was teasing you a little bit. But uh, even I didn't think things were going to play out the way that they have so far where, you know, after four weeks, he's uh, he's gripping that position away from him pretty tight. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I had to do the jersey swap, Jeff. We went with uh, – we had two. We had Super Mario Lemieux and Gordon Bombay. But uh, it just wouldn't be right if you didn't kick off this next segment for us. Well, let's do it, man. Like you guys have already, already said a couple times, it's week four, a full slate of football, which means a full slate of football news. And uh, let's jump into it. Let's uh, go to the fantasy news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for Fantasy Football News. So this first bit is interesting. I actually didn't catch this and uh, I'm not at all surprised, but the Bears have announced they may turn play calling duties over to Bill Lazar, who uh, is not Matt Nagy. So that's got to be an improvement. Uh, it's it's a hot mess in Chicago right now. I am uh, in our league of note. I own or I roster Fields and Dalton. Just with the uncertainty there, every time Matt Nagy opens his mouth, I 
want to throw up because every time I watch Fields, I'm like, okay, now I can drop Dalton and I can open up that roster spot. And then here comes Nagy saying, no, 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 he's the starter when he's healthy. So, I mean, a big part of me is hoping he never gets healthy. But uh, the fact that they're they're realizing that the offense is not working and they're willing to make the switch is uh, much needed. And I don't know if this is going to save Nagy's job for another two or three weeks, but it's uh, it's inevitable if you ask me. Yeah, it actually, I was looking into this today, so I I thought they were talking about the future, but it sounds like uh, during this past week's game, they actually made that transition. Um, I'm not sure when that actually happened, but I do know that last year when, uh, when uh, Big Bill took over the play calling, the offensive output of the Bears just about doubled um, in terms of points per game, so... You know, whether it's Fields uh, under center or Dalton gets back soon or whatever, hopefully he can, uh, you know, kind of redesign the wheel because right now that those four square blocks on Matt Nagy's car are not going anywhere. Well, you also it's have hilarious to, to that, me that they. Sorry, go you ahead, also Tyler. Have to think that what what does Matt Nagy now offer? Because he was brought in to yeah. be that offensive mind. So if you're handing it over to Bill Lazar, Bill Laser, Laser Man, what uh, what? What is Matt Nagy, and how is that going to affect whether it's Dalton or Fields? Because Bill might just be saying, give me this kid. Give me this kid. I've got 100 more plays with Fields in as quarterback than I do Dalton. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. I know some Bears fans are chomping at the bit for Fields. Just, I mean, he looked night and day between the last two weeks. Obviously, the team you know, protected him a lot better against Detroit than they did against uh, the, the Browns, but... You know, Fields looked like he had more confidence. I had a lot of eyes on that game. I was kind of getting chirped in our group chat because somebody said to me, like, why are you watching Lions Bears? <laughs> yeah, There's so many other true. games on right now. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm a nervous Fields owner. I've got in, I'm invested in this thing. I don't want to be watching it either. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. He brings a whole other element that Dalton can't. I get if they don't feel like he's ready, but he showed a big improvement and uh, he made some nice throws, mostly to Darnell Mooney, not so much Allen Robinson. But uh, I was pretty impressed with, uh, with Fields after, you know, the disaster a week ago. It's tough watching a Lions game, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh, I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you do it. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Well, speaking of 35 years, it seems like Shady McCoy was in the league for that long. Um, you know, he signed a one-day deal with the Eagles to retire. Uh, hat tip to Shady McCoy for having not only an amazing career and, you know, being an uh, alpha dog at the height of his career, but then he also was able to, you know, jump onto some teams and get himself some rings. So, uh, yeah, hat, uh, congrats to Shady McCoy on an amazing career for a bunch of different teams. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to stay involved in the game. He's, he's a pretty big personality, and uh, if he wants to, I'm sure he'll be involved in some capacity. But, uh, yeah, he was a lot of fun to watch for a long time. And uh, all the best in the future. He was uh, so much fun to watch. I don't know if you remember now, this. Now let's get into the nasty stuff. Like well, I said, a full week of... Oh, yeah, no. I was just going to say, I don't know if you remember this, Tyler, but uh, one of our first fantasy football trades ever, I traded you McCoy when he was with the Eagles, like, I don't know, over a decade ago. Yeah. It didn't work out well for me, I don't think. No, it didn't. He had his best year the rest of the year. Do you even remember who you Well, that was like kind of Shady McCoy in a nutshell, right? Like you, I gave up on him two or three times. And like when he went to Buffalo, I was like, oh, that's, you know, nice career, Shady. That's the end. And then he had some massive years for them. So he just kept coming back. He was a, he's a great player. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't remember who I got, but it wasn't worth it. I can tell you. Um, so yeah, like I said, you know, full week, uh, full slate of NFL games means a full slate of NFL injuries. 
Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but it is obviously very important to know for the fantasy league. So let's jump into the injury report. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. Fantasy football injury report. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. So Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas has a hamstring. He was ruled out very early, and he's now considered uh, week-to-week. He didn't play last week. And De'Ami Brown, who is a very deep, deep sleeper, uh, kind of a rookie breakout, he was ruled out again and uh, didn't return in the game last week. So, um, you know, Washington, their D is not what anybody thought they were going to be, and the offense is is banged up. Curtis Samuels, um, you know, he's working his way back to his full capacity, but he's not there yet, and uh, it's pretty much the Terry McLaurin show right now. I'm sure even Antonio Gibson owners aren't thrilled with what they've got thus far this season. So uh, Washington needs to turn things around. I don't know if that's, you know, the lack of Fitzpatrick or if it's just the other roster the way it is. But uh, yeah, it hasn't been the, the season that we thought it was going to be. And now they're down Diami Brown and Logan Thomas this week anyways. So not, not a good start to the, the week five slate for the football team. This one was pretty scary. Um, Kyle, I'm sure you can uh, attest to that. David Montgomery had a knee injury left in the fourth quarter and in what looked like terrible pain. It is hoped that he simply hyperextended the knee and avoided a serious injury. It looked pretty terrible at the time after, you know, this guy has definitely put himself on the map as a, you know, a beast alpha dog running back top seven probably in the league. Uh, so when he went down, it was just kind of devastating. There's more tests to be done this week. And uh, his backup came in and played pretty well as well. Damian Harris, I think he had like 70 yards and a touchdown, uh, but he suffered a thigh bruise. So um, it sounds like he should be fine, but that's something to monitor for sure. I think that's, uh, I can't remember the rookie's name, the running back who would be in line if Williams isn't able to go, but it's it's getting slim there in Chicago for the, the backfield. And as far as the quarterback, Andy Dalton is questionable right now. Same talk coming from Nagy about him starting, like I mentioned earlier. So yeah, stay tuned for the Bears. Updates. Yeah, it sounds like Williams is going to be okay. Um, you know, he had the uh, he had the thigh bruise, but put up good numbers in the fourth quarter. Uh, it it hurt me watching Montgomery. Um, you know, as a guy who's had a couple knee surgeries in football, uh, he just looked so uncomfortable uh, right away grabbing the knee. Um, but you know, it sounds pretty good if they're, if they're a day after and still today, you know, they're saying we're doing an MRI, uh, but we don't think there's any tearing, you know, it could, it could be a multi-week injury, but not a, not a seasoned ender. So that would be best case scenario for the, for the, uh, bears for sure. Uh, Khalil Herbert is the, is the, uh, third stringer in, in Chicago, um, unproven, I don't know what would happen, really. Um, there are names out there that, uh, you know, could be picked up still, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, not ideal. Um, but if Williams, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if Williams is good to go, uh, there's absolutely no reason that he shouldn't be the number one uh, waiver pickup this week. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Bill Lazar is going to be like, you know what, Matt Nagy, maybe you can take all, <laughs> play all dudes back if Montgomery's not in there. <laughs> um Denver, Teddy Bridgewater left the game with a concussion in the first half, and the offense just kind of crumbled from there. He is the difference maker and the, you know, the clear-cut starter for that team. Uh, Drew Locke you know, has some nice throws in the preseason, but he's still Drew Locke. So hopefully Teddy can get back under center for this week because uh, he's playing some amazing football right now, even though they do play, play the Steelers. So I wouldn't hate <laughs> seeing Drew Locke go up against the Steelers and give us a chance. And this one was uh, one that I had my eyes on. I've been very invested in San Francisco, uh, especially the quarterback position. I drafted Trey Lance with high hopes in our uh, dynasty league, and Jimmy G left the game with a calf injury. It did not return. 
I uh, read this right before it came on air here that it uh, looks like he's avoided a major or a serious injury, so he should be back as maybe even as early as this week. I will say Trey Lance, you know, brought a different element to that offense. He looked like a rookie. He made some throws that he shouldn't have, and he made some, you know, decisions he maybe shouldn't have, but he still, he looked electric, and he, fantasy-wise, he put up like, you know, 23 points and a half. So, uh, you know, the fans are going to be chomping at the bit now that they've got a taste. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye on Garoppolo and Lance, and it looks like Garoppolo, once he's, you know, healthy, he'll be the starter still. So that's uh, that scenario. And then Robbie Gold, their kicker, he's got a hamstring industry injury, and uh, he left the game. So, yeah, if you need a kicker, don't uh, rely on Robbie Gold this week. It's it's interesting with Garoppolo and the fans. Uh, and, and I'm only saying this because you mentioned the fans. But if you look at the Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers, those guys sat. They sat their first years. And now they're one and two of all-time quarterbacks, maybe. It's, there's an argument. But everyone now just wants to rush out these rookie quarterbacks to teams that had to be yeah. top, like, bottom five the year before with no offensive line. Like, just there's got to be something to said, someone to come in and say, let him sit. He's sitting. We want him to learn. We need, we need to be better before we put him in this any game. Well, and Garoppolo's not flashy, but, like, he does two things. He either gets hurt or he wins football games. The one season he didn't end on injury, they went to the yeah, Super exactly. Bowl. Like, he just <laughs> wins all the time. Like, the, you know, Shanahan doesn't care about fantasy scores. He wants to win football games. They've got a team to win football games. That's why, you know, I noticed you conveniently forgot to mention that I drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in our league of record. But uh, so that that injury hurt me as much as it helped you. But uh, I feel pretty good with the way Jimmy G's been playing that when he's healthy, and it sounds like it'll be a couple of weeks, um, you know, this is a team that, they're looking to the future, but they're built to win now, and they want to win now. And and there's no doubt in my mind, unless we see a huge, huge improvement from Lance. You know, I liked a lot of the things he did, and I absolutely agree that he brings a whole new element, especially down by the goal line. You know, we we've seen it over the last couple of weeks what he can do. Um, but really, you know, he had a huge he had a huge play to uh, Debo Samuel, who was a monster on Sunday. And other than that, he looked like a regular rookie quarterback with wheels. So uh, I think that if Jimmy's good to go, he's going to go. And uh, there's not a that's not a knock on a rookie quarterback that he can't overtake one of the winningest guys over the last few seasons. Yeah. No, not at all. And I was like, I mean, I've I've said it numerous times. I've been you know tear down this year, rebuild for next year, and I'm kind of expecting Lance to sit the majority of the year. And it's funny, I read on social media, I'm like. I'm reading these articles that say, you know, the 49ers can't hide Garoppolo anymore and cover up his, you know, inefficiencies. And I'm like, I'm watching these games thinking, like, it's not his fault that they're not, you know, if they don't win. Like, he's playing pretty solid football as far as I'm concerned. And I'm a guy that's, you know, rooting for him to fail so that Lance can come in. But, yeah, and, and to your point there, Tyler, Kyle and I talked about this last week. The starters, the rookies are now, I think they're like 1 in 13, uh, 14 and <laughs> 15. I don't even know what the, the number is. But, um, um yeah, so the rookies aren't winning, and it's I don't know we don't know if that has to do with you know the lack of preparation and everything COVID related last year, but um, yeah, it seems like this class with all the pressure they had and all that hype in the preseason, uh, they haven't lived up to it, and um, yeah, hopefully they're not ruining these kids before they even get the chance to be uh, pros. Well, give them credit. There's two. They got two wins, right? Zach Wilson did the job this week, so they're two and fifteen or whatever it is. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
They are. And Mac Jones uh, did everything he could to, to win that game last night, man. If that, if that didn't oh. win, Mac Jones, yeah, Mac Jones was great last night. He was. He did everything. He put him in a position. They had a kick to win the game. Uh, hit the post, but uh, Mac Jones was wonderful last night. Uh, moving on, uh, Miami. Will Furl, Will Fuller left with a broken finger. I feel like receivers break their fingers every day, um, especially if you had a quarterback like Brett Favre or, or Aaron Rodgers who throws that heat. But uh, monitor him this week. I'm sure he'll play on Sunday. Um, Dallas, Amari Cooper. Just a quick follow-up. I actually read a report yeah. about – sorry, Tyler. Uh, Will Fuller's actually made out of porcelain. So uh, <laughs> keep an eye on that and monitor that. <laughs> every time he catches anything, something goes <laughs> – we used to have a coach at Waterloo. He called our he called our backfield the Tiffany's backfield because all three of our guys were so breakable. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so Amari uh, Cooper left with hamstring injury. Uh, was able to return to the game though, so don't worry about him. I believe he caught a touchdown after that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans running back Tony Jones Jr. left with an ankle injury. Had to be carted off the field. I don't know who is the third back, but that will change anyone who's got Tony Jones as your handcuff. You may as well drop him now um i don't see him coming back next week and if you have to have him on your bench for one week just to see if he comes back from injury i don't think it's worth it he's just a handcuff and he's one of the uh the guys behind a solid running back Um, yeah it didn't look it didn't look good when he went off with the cart um i think the only the next person up would be apparently Dwayne washington not a name I'm very familiar with. So uh, I bet they're wishing they still had Latavius Murray. I was just going to say that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I it was always weird that they let Murray go, especially with the amount of snaps he had last year. But uh, money is money, I guess, and uh, it is business after all. Uh, Josh Reynolds was injured after a big roll Sunday. Um, this was with Tennessee. He hurt his knee. I didn't see this, so I don't know how serious it was. Um, I also have no idea who Josh Reynolds is. So uh, do you guys know if this has any fantasy value to either your teams or someone in the league? Uh, just just in terms of, um, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio being out and seeing what their status is for this week. Uh, you know, we had talked up um, Nick Westbrook. What was his name? Nick's Bre- Nick Westbrook Eco or something like that. And uh, who got all the targets the previous week when they went out and got nothing this week. Josh Reynolds had nine targets and not a huge day, obviously not enough to beat the Jets, but he was the main, uh, the main receiving option. So if he's out and if both of the, both of the big dogs are out, uh, then you're kind of scouring. But, uh, you know, we talked about Tannehill and that's probably a situation just to stay away from the passing game. Um, going up against the Jags this week, it's just going to be Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah. And let me word this next one very carefully. Uh, <laughs> CMC will attempt to practice Wednesday. Uh, that doesn't say that he will practice, but he will attempt to practice. Um, that's a, At least it's a good sign. Um, I feel like CMC owners have heard this for the last year <laughs> and a half. So I don't know how it'll make you feel, but uh, it's a good sign moving forward. It's a, let, you know what? It's just a sign moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, we have to see. Hubbard, if you have Hubbard, start him. Well, and another you note Hubbard, to. Still, you start him. Yeah. And a note about CMC Carolina's legit this year. So it's not going to be like last year where, you know, halfway through the season, they're already looking towards the next season. Their, their defense is 100% legit. They're going to be playing competitive football and meaningful games right to the end of the year. So CMC, uh, yeah, don't don't stretch it too much if you uh, have him on your roster. I think he will be back. I mean, their defense is legit, but they got me negative one point in fantasy this week. 
Yeah, they hurt me this week too. <laughs> that might have something to do with Dallas's offense, but uh, I rolled the ball on a strong defense and I lost, and I regret it. And I'm I'm very much watching this Monday night game to hopefully pull me out of a, a hole here. Uh, on to Cincinnati. This is a big one. Joe Mixon suffered an ankle injury. He's day to day, which is better than week to week. Um, but if you have room, maybe pick up Thomas J. Perrine, um, who will get uh, he will get the reps if uh, Mixon's gone. So if you have if you are a Mixon owner and you have a spot for Perrine, I'd pick him up just in case. Uh, you don't want this nagging for the next three weeks or so. Um, as well as Cincinnati, T. Higgins expected to return this week. No, and Mixon has a history games. of naggy. Yes, he does. And yeah, I was gonna say Mixon's got a history of these nagging industry uh, nagging in- injuries. And like I got an update today, he's on one of my rosters, and I got an update today saying Mixon is doubtful. I'm like, it's Monday, and you're calling him doubtful already. That is not a good sign at all. Uh, it changed to questionable before the end of the day, but still, it's you know, the, even the Yahoo site is like, this guy can't be trusted. Yeah, that before. that may be to do with the they would have had full practice today though because they were the Thursday game, right? So it's I think those I think those status updates that's something to kind of watch to um, you know Falcomaniacs, especially if you're new to fantasy, it can be very scary, but. A lot of that is just based on their level of participation in practice. So they had the early game. They're one of the only teams that would have been, it would have just been them in Jacksonville practicing today. Everybody else will be up tomorrow. Um, so it could have just been that, you know, he only did individual drills or maybe was off to the side today, uh, which gave him that doubtful, but you could see it upgraded. But, uh, you know, he was on the sideline at the end of the game. So he wasn't in the locker room. He was trying, it looked like he was trying to stretch it out almost like he wanted to get back in there. He still had his helmet on, but, uh, you know, like you said, Jeff last year, week five, he went down with injury and it sounded like, Oh, after the bye in week seven, he'll be back. And we just never saw him again. So yeah, cross your fingers. And, uh, if you're a Bengals fan or a, or a Joe Mixon manager, hope that he gets back out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to Jacksonville, DJ Chark. Um, I believe one of you guys have Chark. Do you not on your roster? Uh, one of us really, really believed in him. I can't remember which one, though. I hmm. think so, too, yeah. Uh, that's when he was trying to trade him. him, and now he has traded him and does not believe in him anymore. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> I had high hopes last year, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take that sandwich to go, Jeff. Yeah, sure, that's fair. <laughs> he was placed on IR today. Um, I feel it's safe to drop DJ Chark in all of your leagues. Um, you, you, he won't be drafted very high next year, so you don't need to hold him on if you're in a, a particular keeper league. Maybe if you're in a deep dynasty, but uh, I feel like you could drop him in all your leagues. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one to come back from, too. It sounds like it was a it was a bad injury and a complicated injury, so um, you know there's no guarantee even that week one he's ready to go. Um, yeah. you know, I think he's, he's a free agent as well, so. Yeah, no, that's true. And he, if he stays in Jacksonville, they've got the talent under center, but there's still work to be done for that team. And uh, yeah, it's it's a mess right now. Yeah, for sure. coaches on the dance floor instead of. Oh, What a presser today! Holy and he crow. sent. What I heard today was that he sent the entire team back to Jacksonville and made sure that every player went back. And then he stayed an extra night himself. <laughs> no witnesses. Classic, Classic <laughs> Urban. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's just... Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, okay, Tampa Bay. Uh, Gronk, 
who's been hot this year, uh, and probably a lot of people were very happy to draft him late in some rounds. Uh, did not travel to New England, did not play last night, and a week five is uncertain for him. So monitor Gronk, I believe he had a punctured rib. Um, I, I don't know much about how well that, or how long that takes to recover. I just know that Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor had a punctured rib, or a punctured lung, actually. So um, do you guys know anything mm-hmm. more about, about Gronk's status? Um, it sounded like they were looking into that. Now they thought it was bruised ribs last week and then, uh, later found that he had multiple small fractures and then potentially a punctured lung. So, uh, it's not good. And the fact that he didn't even make the trip to new England where, you know, there was all the hype about Brady's homecoming, but if there's a, if there's a player who's almost as memorable over the last, uh, the last 15 years, it's definitely Rob Gronkowski um, in New England. So the fact that he didn't even make the trip with the team tells me that it's, you know, pretty serious. I, I would definitely not be counting on him for this week, and who knows, you know, it could be could be a few more before we see him again. Oh, he, anyways, that's uh, not to make a pun, but that's always a painful segment, and there were, there were quite a few injuries and some big names, but, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom here. We had some we had some studs who really came through for you. Hopefully they helped your team uh, get the W this week or at least get close enough that tonight's going to help you out. But let's get to those studs. Let's hit the fantasy podium. The fantasy podium. All right, so for the Gunslingers, third place... A guy we've talked about a lot, Steve Henning's favorite, Dak Prescott. 188 yards, four touchdowns, kind of a Jameis Winston type week. Uh, four for 35 on the ground. He had one run that I was really, it was the most encouraging thing I saw him do all day on that, uh, you know, recovering from that horrible injury. He just took off and and uh, fought for some yards. It was great. 35 fantasy points. That helps you out a lot. The second best QB this week, this guy, if you've held him on to him, you were waiting for this one. Matt Ryan, he finally got things going. 283 and four touchdowns, 36 fantasy points. Matty Ice getting her done, but not like the man himself, the young gun, Mr. Mahomes, Patty Mahomes, 278 and five, plus a rushing touchdown, 41 fantasy points. And that's why people reach up in the second or third round for a quarterback because of the chance to do that and just bust your game wide open. That's for sure, man. And then we go to the running backs. We got some familiar faces here and some faces I I really am happy to see back on this list and then a face that I didn't ever expect to see again. So number three (laughs) is uh, King Henry himself. Derrick Henry, 33 totes, 157 yards and a touchdown, 25 points in a loss to the Jets. Number two... Saquon Barkley. This just it puts a smile on my face, even though I, I'm not rostering him in my uh, league of note anymore. I just he's one of my favorite players to watch. He had 13 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown, five ca- catches for 74 more yards and another touchdown, uh, 27 points. Hopefully this is the beginning of a long, prosperous Saquon run here. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And just like every fantasy football expert predicted at the start of the season. The most explosive running back in the league this year is out of Atlanta, and it's not Mike Davis. It's Corderell Patterson. This guy, you know, he scored. So I'll go through his numbers, and then I'll talk about it. So he got six for 34 on the ground, six carries for 34 yards on the ground, but he had five catches for 82 yards and three touchdowns in the air. 
added another 78 return yards for 35 points. Uh, I, this guy is just breaking my brain, man. Like after his second touchdown, I messaged our group chat and I said, I refuse to believe in Corderell Patterson. <laughs> he heard Seconds ya. later, the third touchdown comes like, yeah, it's almost like he did, right? He's like, oh yeah, well watch this. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And you talk about Matt Ryan being up there with four touchdowns, none to Pitts, none to Ridley. Like their managers are getting a little anxious, but uh, the Corderell guys, anybody that scooped up Corderell is just thrilled. Well, I'd be more thrilled if he wasn't on my bench this week because uh, I really could have used those 35 points instead of Miles Gaskin's point three. There's no way to know that, though. That is, that is Cordero, Cordero is, he scored on 25% of his pass routes. It's, oh, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, oh, my goodness. Uh, he started as it's a wide so receiver. gross. It's every time he does anything, it just grosses me out. I'm like, enough, Corderell. Like we've yeah. seen you, just get out of the way. But there's nobody else there either. That's the other part of it, right? There's like, well, yeah, it's Mike Davis and and Tyler they're Olszak. and they're using him. And so this is why I picked him up in the, in our league of note. I actually had uh, I had snagged Wayne Gallman early on because at the start of the season it was Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman, and Gallman was pretty good for the Giants last year when Saquon was out. And then they released, they just cut Gallman. He was gone. And then he got picked up by San Francisco. And I looked and saw the only other running back was, uh, was Corderell Patterson. So I thought, Oh, okay. I'll make a little pickup here. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer. I kept saying, no, I don't think so. No. Oh yeah. It was good last week, but I can't do it again. But, uh, you're right though, Tyler, he came in as a, you know, a special teams guy and a wide receiver, uh, kind of like a Percy Harvin type almost, but, uh, you know, he's bounced around. He was with Minnesota. He was with Chicago. But it seems like the Falcons just really know how to use him, too. They're just putting him in good position to make plays all the time. Um, and it's pretty exciting to see. Like, we've had guys like Harvin. We've had guys like Sidney Rice and Tavon Austin over the years. We were just like, oh, man, if they could just get this guy going, he's going to be a stud. Well, we might be looking at it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of wide receivers... Uh, Are you going to start him next week, Kyle? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) With David Montgomery down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have to. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, So uh, third on the fantasy podium wide receiver is DJ Moore. He was eight for 113, two touchdowns, 29 points. Uh, Second was uh, Debo Samuel. uh, Yeah, Debo from uh, San Francisco. Uh, eight, uh, Eight catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns, 32 points. And then first, this was... Great for Hill owners because the week two and three were a little bit down and had a little a lot of people worried. But eleven catches, one hundred and eighty six yards, three touchdowns, forty two yards on the Ooh. beat down of Philly. Can you imagine stacking as a Rambo? Can you, as a Rambo, that's right. Can you imagine stacking Mahomes and Hill, and that's just eighty three fantasy points. Boom, plus the rest of your roster. That's <sighs> a win. Sure that's can't. a win. <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, let's jump to tight end here. We got third place, new name on the list, Mo Alley Cox. How much Alley Cox do you want? Mo. I got three for 42 and two touchdowns. That's 18 points. Number two is Dawson Knox with the Buffalo Bills, five catches for 37 yards, two touchdowns, and 18 points. And number one, CJ Uzuma coming off that injury for the Bengals, five catches, 95 yards, two scores. He kind of took over that game in the second half with Joe Burrow. And uh, he's a name to watch because he looks like a freak out there. 
Yeah, he does. But I think this is the this is the all time career best performance. You know, he's a guy who's been around a little while and uh, has never never really shown much like this. Um, of these three guys, you know, if I was going to take a flyer on one, it'd be Dawson Knox. Uh, we talked about him last week, actually. You know, he's not a huge yardage or a huge target guy, but he's he's got Josh Allen's eye in the end zone, and that's really what you're looking for. All right, everybody's favorite segment, the IDPs. Third best this week was D Ford, defensive end for the 49ers. He had two and a half tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble for 18 fantasy points. And then we had a couple of guys from the Jets, and I had to actually double-check this to make sure I wasn't writing the same guy twice. First, we had Quincy Williams, linebacker with the Jets, who had 11 tackles, a sack, and a defended pass for 18 points. And even better was Quinnen Williams. So we had Quincy Williams and Quinnen Williams. He's a tackle with the Jets. He had six and, a, six and a half tackles and two sacks, good for 19 fantasy points. So those two, the the Q Williams boys uh, in New York, a big reason why why Zach Wilson got his first career win. First brothers in NFL history to get a sack in the same game for the same team. They actually are blood brothers. I didn't know that until I uh, wow. did a little research today. I'm there. You yeah, go. I'm pretty cool. Learn something every day. All right. Well, great photo with them. There's a great photo with them and their mom after, uh, as well. Them jumping into the the stadium there with their mom. Oh, uh, I love that. I love I love just brothers in professional leagues, but being on the same team. I was so hoping that JJ Watt was going to come to the Steelers, just like. Yeah. You know, I get it, and Arizona is obviously working out great for him. But man, you have two <laughs> other brothers in the NFL, and you're like, we could all play for the same team. Like that just sounds like heaven to me. Oh well, <laughs> I don't know why he didn't. That team. I don't know why he didn't think we were a contender this year. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe yeah. TJ and Derek are gonna go to Arizona next year. Oh boy, but uh, you know these those last players they really lifted you up. But uh, these next guys they were kind of the anchor that dragged you down to the bottom of the deep dark sea. These are the fantasy flops. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> fantasy football busts. No offense. <laughs> no, none taken. <laughs> Quarterback and uh, running back were not not total killers, but there were some duds out there for sure. Davis Mills, oh my goodness, what's yeah. going on? Are he they is just who we gonna... thought he was? Yeah, he is <laughs> negative point three in a shutout. Like I understand where we're at, and I understand the team's situation, but are fans just going to start protesting until Watson gets put in the game, or what? Here, like, oh my goodness. Uh, Baker, he didn't totally What's the scoop with Tyrod. Well, injury. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard just, like boo since that. Yeah, well, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. He had a bad hamstring, I think, and he's just you know he's doing Tyrod things. Um, Baker didn't totally kill you, but nine fantasy points. Uh, not a good, not a good outing for him. His his main go to guy was just Kareem Hunt. Um, that's not going to get it done when you're when you're wanting to be taken seriously as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Justin Fields a big improvement, but only eight points. So if you rolled him out there for the second matchup, thinking oh it's the Lions, he's gonna he's gonna be in it. No, he didn't really help you a lot. And uh, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, you know injury related. It's always hard to be a bust when you're injury related. But eight fantasy points for Teddy Bridgewater. I know a lot of people were looking to uh, looking to ride the tide with him. 
that the running back position, ugh, of course he did. Miles Sanders, four fantasy points. That's pretty good. That's like a fantasy point per touch. Uh, but this guy, Dalvin <laughs> Cook, oh my goodness. After missing last week and, uh, you know, we watched Alexander Madison just go ham and Cook is back in and owner managers are like, yep, yep, here we go. Four fantasy points. Not great. Uh, oh, Miami, come on, Dolphins. Like, I, they're just a mess right now. Their, their offense, for how much of a step forward it seemed like they took last year, they are just a mess. But Miles Gaskin, 0.3 points. He had two carries and just killed you. Like, I had him in a league. I played against him in another league. Uh, but you know, it, they just can't seem to make up their mind, but nobody was really super effective. We saw lots of Malcolm Brown down the stretch when they were in a, you know, catch up mode passing situation. I know they like him for the pass blocking, but even he like, you know, he looks like Malcolm Brown Gaskin is the best player in the backfield, but they just can't get it done. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a bench till further notice. I wouldn't drop him just yet, but he's a bench till further notice for sure. This guy was surprising, though. DeAndre Swift, he's been a bright spot for the Lions. Um, five fantasy points. I know they were in a tough, tough game this week, but, uh, you know, he's been a guy who's been racking up fantasy points and yardage no matter what the situation and just couldn't get it done. And then we had a couple of three-pointers, Chris Carson and Damian Harris. Uh, Harris, you know, that was kind of surprising, I guess, with uh, with the Patriots in that close game they were trying to control the clock at one point. It was rainy. Just He just didn't have anything. And uh, Chris Carson, I don't know if you guys saw much of that Seattle game, but he yep. really got outplayed by Alex Collins, uh, like really got outplayed. So it might just be a one-off and, uh, and you know, maybe just one of those things, but something that bears watching for sure. You've got to think that people are going to pick up It does, yeah, and even Pete Carroll, like, yeah. Because like it was an even workload too. It wasn't just like you know he the touches he did get were better results. He got an equal share of workload and just totally outplayed Carson. So yeah, not great. And with Harris, it's like it was raining, but they still they just did not attempt to run against that Bucks front seven. No, so, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't Actually, know if that says more that. about the Patriots or if it's the Bucks. Uh, there were some receivers that broke your hearts too. So let's go through those. We got Marvin Jones who only put up two points on the Thursday night game. Colin Johnson was uh, you know. Uh, uh, a popular deep target with uh, Sterling Shepard and um, Darius Slayton out for the Giants, but he put up a goose egg. Uh, Kadarius Tony actually got a lot of the targets there. Uh, McCole Hardman only had four points, even with uh, P- Patrick Mahomes doing all the crazy things he did. Brandon Cooks was my Munson of the week. He only put up four points. Cole Beasley, two points. Robbie Anderson continues this disappointing season with only five points. I think I saw coming into the Monday night game, he's currently ranked as the WR80, which is kind of shocking considering, uh, you know, the hopes people had for him coming into the year. CeeDee Lamb uh, didn't do much. He only had one point this week. OBJ, I was going to mention this when you mentioned Baker. He, there was a lot of opportunities that they just couldn't connect on. It's uh, I don't know why Baker and OBJ can't jive, but it's just it seems like... Yeah, it doesn't, it's not working out for whatever reason, so um, they're going to keep trying, I think. But, uh, yeah, he only had three points this week, and he's going to be hard to trust moving forward. That's the Adam Thielen I was expecting to see, only four mm-hmm. points. Um, K.J. Osborne only had three points. Michael Pittman, six points. Jalen Waddell and the Broken Dolphins, three points. Will Fuller and the Broken Everything, point six points. We got Robinson with six points. Christian Kirk had point five points. Cooper Cup, the, you know, the WR1 on the year, has been lighting it up, only six points. And that shocking game with Arizona and the Rams. 
Uh, Tyler Lockett, he is known to do this from time to time. He had one of his duds with a two-point showing. Brandon Ayuk only had two points after Debo went wild. Juju had one point. He should have had a 30-yard touchdown. Big Ben overthrew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Adams only had six points, even though the Packers won with ease. Um, Cortland Sutton of the Broncos, five points. Tim Patrick only had four points. Both of those guys were expected to get big workloads with Hamler out. Uh, but with Teddy going went down, uh, the whole offense just crumbled, like I said. And then A.B. had six points. He had a couple big plays that didn't go his way. He had a touchdown he dropped. And uh, another play that could have, you know, changed his outcome. And then Curtis Godwin – um, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, had five points. And uh, I'm getting concerned about his target share. I saw a stat, and uh, he hasn't really got over 20% more than once, and he's you know hovering around the 12% range for WR targets for the Bucks. So not ideal for you know a receiver a lot of people thought was a WR1 for their fantasy squad. Absolutely, yeah. That Tampa Bay uh, receiving uh, corpse, is, it's tough to use for fantasy. There's a lot of talent on that, and they're going to win Super Bowls with that talent, but it's tough to trust who's going to blow up each week and who's going to have to take a sit-down uh, each week. So if you have Godwin or Godwin and Evans or Godwin and, and Brown, it's uh, you're going to have nightmares on Saturday night trying to set up your <laughs> um, Going to the tight ends, fantasy flops. Evan Engram, two points. Giants got their first win, but uh, Engram might get you a loss in fantasy. Um, and then if you're watching Kansas City's game on Sunday, like scoreboard watching, you go, oh, 42 points. Uh, Travis Kelsey must have like 25 fantasy points. Nope, got two. Two points. Uh, Austin Hooper, one point. Conklin, one point. TJ Hawkinson, four points. Tyler Higby, four points. Kittle, a low season this year for Kittle, only four points. And then this, you know what, this one I have a little more to say about is Robert Tunyon, only one point. And with the emergence of Randall Cobb now uh, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if I would trust Tunyon moving forward as a tight end. No, I, uh, you know, I talked about in the preseason, the touchdowns were unbelievable last year. Like I literally didn't believe what was happening twice. He twice. He just destroyed me uh, on behalf, including his first breakout game. The three touchdown game uh, beat me on somebody else's Monday night miracle, but his other numbers were terrible. Like, 50 targets and 500 yards you know if he had only a few touchdowns you wouldn't even know his name basically um but you're right Cobb is back and he's back in a big way we're gonna talk about him uh believe it or not we are talking Randall Cobb what year is it Randall Cobb (laughs) getting to our stars on the waiver wire So a lot of these names have come up over the course of the show, but this one is number one for me. I don't know about you fellas, but Damian Williams, we are waiting to find out for David Montgomery, but no matter what, it's going to be, I would guess at least a few weeks, probably, probably, you know, closer to like a five or six week, um, depending on the knee and, and how stable it is, but they want their young star to be healthy and ready to go. And if Damian Williams, you know, he had that thigh bruise, but if he's ready to go this week, he is going to get some work. He's only 9% owned. Go out there, get you some Damian Williams. He's number one priority worthy for me. And uh, I don't know, what do you guys think for, what do you guys think for Fab? Like he's, I haven't been as willing, you know, with the Elijah Mitchell and the, uh, and the Chuba Hubbard. I haven't been as willing to say that I'd go big, but I would honestly think about like a 40% 
bid for Damian Williams right now. Ooh. Right nice. now, without knowing nice. how severe Monty's hurt. Yeah. This is a guy who two. This is a guy who two years ago got robbed of Super Bowl MVP. Robbed. I love Patrick True. Mahomes, but don't True. tell me the Chiefs are winning that game without Damian Williams. Super Bowl MVP bounced over to a new team, and now he's got the whole workload to himself for at least a couple of weeks. I would guess. I I'd go forty to fifty percent personally. Wow. I I mean I just don't know the quarterback situation, and then there's a new play caller. It's. If you're desperate for running back, I kind of am desperate for running back, actually. <laughs> so maybe Damian was, I don't know if I'd give 40%, but I would be out there trying to get him. No. Um, it's still it's still early to give up 40%. Yeah, but you never know, right? You gave up If you gave up 40% to get Mike Davis last year, it helped you a long time. You never know. Yep. If you well, gave that's up- the thing with, with, with this one. You don't know, right? Like it could be 40% for two weeks or it could be 40% for the rest of the year. And in that case, you're laughing. So this one with the uncertainty of Monty's injury until we have an answer, which we might not get before waivers go in, um, this one's going to be tricky. So I'm sure a lot of waiver claims will be, you know, they're going to range from, you know, 5% to 80%. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, and you're right. The Like that 40 might not actually get it done from what we've seen uh, some of these other running backs go for. But uh, a couple other guys that we've talked about, Trey Lance. We do know that Jimmy G's injury is not super serious, but it sounds like he's doubtful for this week. Uh, Trey Lance is only 31% owned, and uh, you know, you've know you got the potential, that, that cheat code of a running quarterback. He can get some points with his, with his legs. Um, if you're looking for somebody to spot start, he may be a name that you want to go after. And uh, Curtis Samuel... Just off the IR, he played this week, only four targets, but he caught all four of them. He is working his way back up, but this team needs to get something going. And they brought Samuel in um, this year from Carolina to make that happen. They haven't had a chance to use him yet. He's had a groin injury that's kind of been nagging him since May, but fingers crossed it seems like he could be uh, could be on the right side of it here. Um, so, you know, he's kind of a stash, he's kind of a wait and see on your bench guy, but, uh, he's got a lot of upside and Ron Rivera, you know, personally likes him, brought him in in Carolina, brought him over to Washington. Um, I like, I like the chance for Samuel to play a big part on this team. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, with the other guys I mentioned in the injury report being out this week, it could start as soon as this week, right? Um, one note on Trey Lance, though, they're playing Arizona this week, who, who just uh, handled the Rams. So that could be a tough matchup for the rookie, but uh, we shall see. Uh, a couple other guys on the waiver wires we're looking at. This guy may be the most underrated player in the National Football League. Jameson Crowder of the New York Jets, uh, wide receiver. He's only 20% rostered right now. I don't know. He came in, and the offense just looked different. I don't know if that says more about the Tennessee defense or Jamison Crowder and his ability to kind of you know be the security blanket for quarterbacks, but the offense was a lot better this week, and it opened things up for Corey Davis. And, yeah, Crowder I was able to eat as well. So, um, you know, people are hyping Zach Wilson after the game. So, uh, yeah, Jamison Crowder is a PPR darling. He's going to get you, you know, five catches probably every game. I don't know if he'll find pay dirt, but uh, he, he can do a lot worse. So uh, he's a guy I'm targeting on waiver wires. Uh, another guy that I mentioned last week is a deep, he was like a bonus Rudy, I think, uh, was Kadarius Tony of the New York Football Giants. Their first round rookie draft pick this year. Um, didn't really do anything before this week. He had a pretty solid game this week, and uh, I think it's something he can build off of. He kind of was the primarily out of the slot. This guy is a speedster. 
Just got to get him the ball in space. So I think the Giants realize maybe we have a weapon here. He's only 3% roster right now. So get out there and take uh, a chance on Tony, 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 and see uh, if he can earn himself a role here the, <laughs> the last half of the season, or last uh, three quarters of the season, I should say. Uh, Dawson Knox is the tight end we're all looking at. He's 44, 47% roster right now. That number is going to go up for sure. Um, that, that passing attack in Buffalo is amazing, and uh, Dawson Knox seems to have you know Josh Allen's heart. So keep an eye on that and Samaje Perrine we talked about uh, Joe Mixon being out potentially uh, if he is Perrine's going to eat and, and get some work and um, in a tough matchup the, the Bengals have this week but uh, I think they go up against Green Bay um, but yeah only three percent rostered so he is out there and uh, get a claim in if you want I, I think Perrine is going to get as many people betting on him as Damian Williams will yeah Ooh. no it could be it could be I'm uh I'm, I guess, more confident in uh, in getting multiple weeks out of Williams, but uh, you're not wrong. And and Piran can catch the ball too, um, so um, you know could step into that full role that Mixon was doing. Yeah, just purely based on like Williams has a higher upside because of his past and what he did with the Chiefs, but. Perrine's in a better offense, so his upside is based solely on Cincinnati being able to move the ball forward. Um, these next, uh, this next guy we talked about him already, uh, Randall Cobb. I think did he get two touchdowns? Uh, two, I think, yeah. He got two touchdowns yesterday. He um, did. So yeah, we're talking about Robert yeah, Tunyon kind of falling did. off because those touchdowns are going to go to Cobb. Yeah, I think he got two. So he's, and it's like you look at the Green Bay wide receivers, and you've got obviously Adams, and then you, he kind of. Rand, or uh, Rogers just throws the ball to anybody else that's open because he gives everybody in the world enough time uh, in that pocket with his legs that that he finds the receivers. But he knows Randall Cobb. He likes Randall Cobb. Um, so I, I mean, if you're looking for a wide receiver and you have a spot on your bench to take a chance, I think Randall Cobb is uh, is a guy you might want to pick up. Well, and I, just before the game on Sunday, we didn't really talk about this, but uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling was put on IR just before uh, this Sunday's game, right. and uh, Equimania St. Brown was brought up. So Cobb is the number two, the clear number two now, and uh, you know they brought him in to make make Rogers happy, and they brought him in because they've had such a connection in the past. That's right. Now, if you were, I know Jeff will know these two guys because he watched the Lions Bears game. So <laughs> the rest of the world, rest of the world might be getting uh, hearing some new names right now. But uh, Khalif Raymond from the Detroit Lions is that he's only owned by one percent of the leagues. And as a Lions fan, I feel like he's only owned in point three percent, and they just round it up um, because there's nobody in the world that should have had this guy on their roster ever only uh, <laughs> only the falcomaniacs who listened last week when we identified him as a deep deep dumpster dive and if you went out and got him holy two touchdowns for Khalif Raymond yeah it's uh and he only like there was a in like golf is spreading the ball around so Cephas had five targets Raymond had five targets St. Brown had eight targets and then Trinity Benson there's another name for people three and TJ Hawkinson had eight targets so the ball is being spread around it's just this is more about Raymond finding himself open than it is about his target share, um, which is good news if you're someone that wants to believe in Raymond. Um, as a Lions fan, I don't believe in anything, so you pick him up if you wish. Um, I have more faith in the Chicago wide receiver we're going to talk about next, and that's Darnell Mooney. Um, he came out at the beginning of this year before the drafts as a sleeper pick, as someone that could break out this year beside Allen Robinson. And he could have been dropped already in your league, so... 
Um, if, if he's out there, this was a big week for him. He had five receptions, 125 yards. I would go out. I'd, I'd pick up Mooney if you're looking for help in your wide receiver or even your flex position. I like it, man. Yeah, we're, I like that. I we're, like wait, we're waiting for the Robinson breakout, but the Mooney one came. He was a sleeper for us before the season started, and we finally got a little taste of it this week. Well, those waiver wire, uh, those waiver wire players can give you a hand. And uh, every week since the very start, we've been looking out for you, Falcomaniacs. We know that sometimes you're just desperate. Sometimes you just need to plug a name in there because otherwise you're taking a zero. So you know, we I think we what did we say last week? Seven points was uh, seven points was our target. That's what we're trying to get you. When you put in that guy for one play, one tackle, one one moment in history for the Rudy of the week. Rudy, 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 Fantasy folk and football, Rudy of the week. He did it! He got the game for one play and made a tackle. And last week, Jeff, we were right on the money. Oh no, I forgot. <laughs> I was just so excited because we did it. We like we got our Rudy's. We had uh, last week. We had two guys for you: Sammy Watkins, <laughs> old Slam, and Sammy went out four for forty-nine on seven targets, gave you seven points in half PPR. And Trey Sermon had nineteen carries for eighty-nine yards. He was good for just under nine points. So if you if you rolled the dice on either of those guys, they they didn't let you down. That's what we like to see. But my Rudy this week, he's a guy that was on multiple rosters for me last year, and now he's back. You just talked about him in the waiver section. Maybe the most underrated player in the NFL, Jameson Crowder. Before Crowder came back, Braxton Berrios was, uh, you know, making people Google his name every Sunday, playing in the slot, getting all those targets from Zach Wilson, and now they have a real football player doing that job. He's only 20% owned. He made his return from IR. He's the go-to guy. He had nine targets this past week, turned it into seven for 61 and a touchdown, 16 fantasy points, and the New York Jets coming off of their first win of the season take on the very beatable Atlanta defense. I like Jamison Crowder. He is my Rudy of the week. Stamp it. I like it. Um, mine is a guy we've kind of talked about a couple times uh, this episode. Um, basically, we're talking about him because the guy ahead of him has not been very good. It's Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles, the running back. He is currently 29% rostered. And the Eagles, yeah, it says right here, the Eagles don't want to use Miles Sanders for whatever reason. They drafted Gainwell, and he's looked great so far. He's uh, kind of filling in the Eckler role for the Eagles right now. And... Um, what really got me about Kenneth Gainwell is there was a play in the game this Sunday where the Eagles were in the red zone. They split Gainwell out wide and they run a designed bubble screen to the running back in the red zone, like the most important part of the field. So they love this kid. They trust him. And I think his workload is only going to grow the rest of the year. So uh, this week I like him uh, to get some you know catches and maybe some more rushes. And he's my Rudy of the week. Stamp it. Kenneth gained very well. Oh, lucky you, Falcomaniacs. We've got an extra Rudy for you, an extra chance at glory. Why don't you just tell us what you got, Tyler? Well, I'm going with uh, one of Donovan McNabb's favorite uh, wide receivers back in 2008. Wow. Uh, uh, looking to make uh, What year is it? <laughs> looking to make a step exactly, on your yeah. 2021 fantasy lineups. That is Deshaun Jackson. He's playing for the Rams. Um, he's a deep ball threat. The guy can still run. 
He's only owned in 9% of uh, leagues. And, like, Stafford didn't play well last week. He's playing Thursday night in primetime this week. If you're looking for that one throw, look for it on the very first drive of the Rams' uh, Thursday night game. I have a big feeling that watching Stafford before is if he had a bad game, that next game he would come out and he would just throw a ball deep just to get it out of his arm, just to get that that whole thing, start fresh, start start with a new game, and just go deep. And Deshaun Jackson's the guy he's going to throw the ball to. So he's going to throw it 50 yards. If Deshaun catches it, you've got a touchdown and about 75 yards of uh, points. If he doesn't catch it, you've got zero points for the game. So uh. that's that's – that's the definition of Rudy. I'm going to go with Deshaun Jackson. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Man, I think there was two seasons in a row Stamp that it. Deshaun Jackson had the first touchdown of the season. Like, I think there was back-to-back years where it was opening day, and I put on, you know, NFL red zone on one screen and the Steelers on the other, and almost right away, just like you said, Tyler, like first or second pass of the game, when he was in Tampa Bay, I think uh, Deshaun Jackson had the first touchdown of the year and then usually got hurt and didn't play again. Anyways, uh, Tyler, you know, we really, really appreciate you stepping in. It's always a pleasure having you on uh, and getting that, that champion mindset as part of our show. We, uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, buddy. No, thank you guys. And uh, hopefully everything's well uh, with the family, Jeff. And uh, anytime you guys need me, just uh, give me a call. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Right on. Take her easy, man. Thanks, guys. And if you Falcomaniacs want more of Tyler, make sure that you tune in to our Friday episode every week where he uh, he graces our airways with his new segment, A Sitting Start, where he gives you his top three sits and his top three starts for the week ahead. Well, big fella, it's been a, you know, it's been a fun one. It's been a little bit of a longer one for a, for a start of the week show, but... We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't get to uh, the most important league. I'm not talking about the NFL. I'm not even talking about the CFL. I'm talking about the L-O-E-G, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So (laughs) our match of the week was a match of the week, W-E-A-K, week, <laughs> for, those of you, nice. for those of you just listening. Uh, we had, uh, I called it a slobber knocker, and, uh, you know, it was more like a, I don't know, something bad. I'm not even going to try to make it, or else I'm going to be putting out fires with paper bags and whatever else I said <laughs> that was it. stupid. Uh, but, uh, yeah, don't hassle the hawk and surprise. They, uh, they surprised me with how poor this game was. The final projection after tonight's game, uh, going into tonight's game, was 160 to 113 for Hawk. And Surprise is stuck at that 113, so uh, not what he was looking for because I think his projection was up in the 180s. Ouch. Yep. Uh, Speaking of ouch, my opponent, Kamara, adds 10 pounds. (laughs) You know, I made some moves this week. I I certainly could have helped my my lineup a little bit. I could have put Daniel Jones in instead of an injured halfway through the game, Jimmy Garoppolo. I could have put in, uh, you know, the number one running back on the week, Corderell Patterson. But uh, I don't even know if it would have made a difference because my opponent put up the top score of the week, 215 fantasy points for the Kamara adds 10 pounds. So hats off to you, Grant. Way to get her done, buddy. 
And uh, why don't you announce this next one? Because I think you're going to be pretty excited. It's my favorite segment of the show now. And you know what? Not only am I not last place, I'm not even second last anymore. Our lowest score. It looks like it's going to be surprise at the 113. It could be stun punts, though. He's I'm, uh, I'm right just taking a peek here. Being. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you can update us on the fly, though. So it's between the two of them. There, one's at like 104. The other one's at 113 or 110, 113. Anyways, it's not me. That's the main thing. My team is slowly creeping into relevancy, and I hope that climb continues uh, as the weeks progress here, and I can maybe sneak into the playoff spot and then break everybody's heart when it counts. That's the plan. But as far as week four, I do not have the lowest score, so I'm a happy guy, and uh, it's either between Team Surprise or Team Stun Punts, who is, you know, he's on this perennial rotation and routine of, you know, thinking he's got a championship team before the season and then tanking before week five, and he's in full tank mode now. So I think we're going to be saying his name down here a lot the rest of the season. Well, and he, in fairness this year, he's had some uh, he's had some real bad luck True. with injuries, some real bad luck. But uh, right now, live update, folks. So surprises score is 113.5, and right now – the with Monday Night Football going on, the stun punts have one twelve point three two, and they're projected Ooh, for one thirteen point three six. So if he hits his projection, he's going to have lowest score by point one four. That's our matchup of the week right now: surprise versus stun punts. I like it, man. That's awesome, and that's you know this new segment, this lowest score has actually got me interested in matchups in a whole another way. So <laughs> I'm coming around to this idea. I kind of hated that start because it was me, but now I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. It's, it's real good when it's not you. Oh, it's the best when it's not me, especially when it has been you. But um, <laughs> like Kyle said, this 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 was kind of a longer episode. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening and checking us out on uh, the social media. I know Instagram and Facebook were down today, and the world was coming to an end. But I believe it's back up and running, and you can check us out at instagram at falcomaniacs uh, make sure you check us out this weekend for our start sit questions post and again on sunday morning to follow our story for the injury updates right the thick of this thing and we are here to help you guys go get those championships always be champion it's the abcs of the fantasy falcon football podcast and we want to help you guys you know, reach that glory so once again thank you guys so much for listening good luck with your matchups this week and this weekend and don't forget to set your Falcon lineups. Woo! What year is it? Uh, it was brand new. No. What year is it? <laughs>